Welcome to Between Product and Partnerships, a podcast focused on bringing together product, partnership, and engineering leaders to discuss how to build, support, and scale SaaS ecosystems. This podcast is presented by Pandium, an integration platform for building native integrations. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast, Between Product and Partnerships. On this podcast, for those of you, if you're here for the first time, we talk about the challenges around technology partnerships, integrations, APIs, and we also talk to leaders and experts about the challenges and the things that they've learned working in this space. Today, I'm welcoming our guest, Swetha Kali, who is the Director of Integrations, Engineering, um, and Technical Services at Bolt. Welcome. Thanks, Liz. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, I'm really glad to have you and, and talk to you. If you could give us um, a just brief overview of your background as it relates to integrations and technology partnerships. Um, I'm currently with the Bold Financial Services. We're based of San Francisco, California. I'm here as a director of technical services um, slash integration engineering. I primarily work on product integrations with customers as well as our technology partners. Bolt's customers are e-commerce merchant and the technology vendors are all of the ecosystem that is surrounding the e-commerce cart platforms. Prior to Bolt, I've also had the opportunity to um, work on the solutions side of technology partnerships as well as manage uh, business relationships. I've been in cybersecurity industry as well as blockchain crypto industry prior to Bolt. Nice. And your current role at Bolt, at Bolt, um... What would you say is kind of your, at a high level, your primary focus right now as the director of integrations engineering? Uh, my primary role is, of course, to de- develop and implement the strategic vision for the technical services team, make sure it aligns with our company goals and objectives. Operationally, from a day-to-day perspective, I'm responsible for overseeing the delivery of our solutions with uh, both our Um, customers who are the merchants of e-commerce platforms, as well as um, technology partners surrounding the ecosystems, mainly ensuring all the integrations we're building into our uh, customers and our partners are built to scale and are um, being executed efficiently. This is definitely a space that um, from the conversations I've had, I'm seeing explode. And I think with like this explosion of especially coming out after 2020, people are asking for more integrations, more interoperability. um, And there's this challenge with wanting to offer those solutions to customers, uh, but also like taking resources away. In some organizations, it's the challenge of like taking resources away from like core, so like operations to then bring resources to work on things like integrations and those type of solutions. What are some of the biggest pain points or challenges that you've experienced doing this work? Um, Good question. And um, I think depending on which side of partnerships you talk to, you'll likely get different answers to that. Um, from my experience, though, um, being in being mostly on the technology partnership side, the most common challenge I see is use case discovery. By that, I mean it is super crucial to understand why exactly our mutual customers would want to use the service, right? 
focusing on the problem that the service actually solves um, will help find that common ground and understand the value proposition of the integration. Um, in my mind, if that's sorted out and if it's done right, it um, automatically creates the seamless user experience between both solutions. In your experience, maybe, or just what you've heard and, and seen out in the space, like what are those like often forgotten pieces um, or those pieces that people may not pay the most attention to or feel like they might not, you know, bring the most value in the moment, but actually in the long run, like they are like really key to that process. Probably have three or four that are top of my list and I'm um, working through those challenges even today. Um, actually, this morning when I was working through a partnership, I was dealing through the same challenges. So um, I really like the fact that we're able to talk through this in the podcast. So mm -hmm. four best practices or um, forgotten concepts um, in uh, the partnerships world is I'll start with the first one. It's actually identifying the long-term goal for that partnership gathering the market insights to see if these objectives are realistic enough for the business at that given point in time. Um, business objectives change, market dynamics change. So being able to map the objectives at that given point of time and um, understanding if it does really provide the realistic value um, is an important piece uh, of the puzzle. Um, second one is actually often underused um, practice, I'd say. Uh, partnerships managers generally do not tend to leverage the in-house teams. By that, I mean um, our cross-functional colleagues. So um, think sales, think uh, professional services, think uh, customer support or customer success folks. Everyone who is um, the first line working with the customers have innate amount of knowledge that they can share, be it trends, be it pain points of the customers, be it um, some of the vendors that customers are working with and challenges they're seeing there, product insights. Mm -hmm. All of it can be gathered from the in-house teams themselves and leveraging the cross-functional partners gathering feedback from them counts way ahead in uh, building these future partnership program investments. Um, needless to say, they eventually help with the success metrics as well. Third I have in mind is uh, also something I use as a standard practice is to always put a dedicated resource for managing the relationship with the partner as well as one dedicated resource to oversee the technical integration pieces for that category, not just the partner for the whole category. As an example, um, Bolt, we are into um, e-commerce space. Our mission is to democratize commerce and uh, we uh, aim to simplify checkout experiences uh, for the e-commerce merchants. Um, some of the technology partnerships or partners we work with are, let's say, for example, ERP vendors, right? 
for the ERP vendors, if I have one technical point of contact, sort of overseeing the entire integration of any ERP vendors that come through the door or that we intend to partner with, it sort of builds that scalability on the type of solution we want to build and and the uh, leverage we give our partners in the market. Um, also standardizes the way we integrate. So. Um, all to say, um, dedicated resources where possible to manage the relationship as well as the um, technical integrations would go a long way. Um, last one that comes to mind is the partner onboarding process. Mm-hmm. Easier and simple it is, better engagement, better developer experience helps partners get the most out of you quickly. Yeah, it seems like the overarching theme is like long-term planning and also just having those dedicated resources or those dedicated people who really work to gain that specialized knowledge in different Mm -hmm. types of like technical knowledge with the different technologies that you might partner with. Shifting gears a little bit, but still kind of like in this area of like state of integrations and technology partnerships um, in Mm -hmm. SaaS. There is a like budding new technology, the partner in the partnership space and the, for partner ecosystems. Um, and this is a growing product category. We're seeing products like Crossbeam, Partner Stack. There's so many coming coming out everywhere. Um, and I guess my question is like, what are your thoughts on these on the state of these technologies? Like, where do you see them alleviating pain points? for partnerships um, or missing the mark, especially for like specifically technology partnerships people. Cause I feel like that is, that tends to be an era of in part, an area in partnerships that kind of gets lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, to your point, Liz, partner ecosystems and the management platforms are a growing product category. In fact, um, if I remember correctly, um, IDC's report from end of last year, I believe, in fact, indicated that by 2026, or in the next two years, 20 almost quarter or 25% of organizations' new application portfolio will in total be a consortia developed within their own ecosystem, right? Collaborating with partners to develop mutually beneficial solutions is uh, exploding in popularity. Mm -hmm. Um, I am of the opinion that especially given um, the market dynamics post pandemic, everyone wants to go to market quickly. Everyone wants velocity. Everyone wants to do things quickly and need things happening quickly. Um, and businesses are optimizing and scaling their models to gain those efficiencies and create these new revenue streams, which will help them grow quickly and get to market quickly. Um, these revenue streams can be increased either typically by either either businesses providing new products and services or they are enhancing their current suite to increase the product stickiness or um, even purely increasing just efficiency uh, in their current product suite. Um, You also pointed out Crossbeam and Partner Stack, um, Reveal. Um, These 
platforms uh, have uh, algorithms or the way they've, uh, they've architectured their platforms is around account mapping, right? Um, they create overlaps of uh, partners and bring new surface up mutual customers. And then um, eventually the idea is creating that overlap and the process around uh, surfacing the mutual customers will improve uh, sales cycle, marketing cycle, uh, lead gen, um, outreach, um, factors like that. On the other hand, um, I've also seen these emerging category of ecosystem management platforms like Pronto. Um, they're also an emerging vendor. Would think of them as a operating system for partnerships, an all-in-one ecosystem management platform which not only focuses on um, the account mapping, but attempts to streamline the end-to-end -end workflow of a partnership, whether it's technology partnership, channel, reselling, any of those partnerships. Straight from onboarding to operationalizing to tracking the partner activity, um, even providing a turnkey marketplace platform. Mm -hmm. um, if we think about it about four, five years ago, maybe, most businesses are running partnerships and cross-sells and mutual overlaps of customers in a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. To now having these robust platforms that are helping um, monetize partnerships, which is really the biggest challenge in the world of BD. It's interesting. I spoke with um, her name is Rachel Kali. She works at mm -hmm. Uninet and she actually gave a talk where she explained how she used Monday.com and created this like elaborate way to manage her technology partnerships. She had to like use that tool and work with somebody to like figure out a way to literally build out a tool that could help her manage these things. <laughs> she couldn't because she couldn't figure out a way or she couldn't find a tool that really had all the components that she need to to manage the um her technology partnerships uh, i think a quote from her she said you know technology partnerships are all about onboarding enablement yeah. and there's a piece i'm missing but yeah um i guess i'm curious to hear fr from your side what what would be those like pieces that would really enable technology partnerships people specifically if you think about it when we're starting a relationship with a technology partner the big things that surface up are is this partner a business fit for us um, and once that is determined it's almost like a sales cycle with the partners too right um, once that's determined we're looking at contract signatures negotiations all of that um, and once those contract signatures are done and we're ready to onboard the partner, we're looking at um, training, enablement, um, what are um, tracking the progress of that whole enablement piece. Um, a good example is, and um, I have this challenge right now, um, we're working with technology partner. We have um, almost a set of tasks that we need to uh, work on on our side for the integration and they have a set of tasks. While we have these weekly syncs to keep track of how far we've gotten in, uh, in the process of integration, it's not a 
well-collaborated activity to see how far the partner has gotten in development, for example. Mm. Um, if there are 10 API calls that need to be built, um, what is the checklist? How far have they gotten in week two? How far have they gotten in week four? Um, and it's real because we want to get to market quickly. So putting a robust project management process on top of these things really doesn't make much sense. So in my mind, um, the most important features that would be valuable for technology partnerships is one place where we can track contracts, SOWs, MSAs, all of that. One place where we can track the progress of integration, where we can exchange documents on um, here's a solution design, here's all the API tech specs that you need to. So all of the documents that are um, technical artifacts. Mm -hmm. um, and then once the partnership concludes or once the inter uh, integration concludes, um, even sharing the marketing and sales collaterals, one platform to do that instead of exchanging over email and Slack and Teams and missing information and context along the way. Um, so all of the onboarding and integration and go-to-market activities, if one platform can do that, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, just interesting to see where the technology is going to go with that um, and how people are going to solve these problems. Yep. Um, to shift gears a little bit more, but kind of going off of your point where, you know, market, con the way that market conditions are and people want to move quick and fast. But when you are thinking about who to engage with for a new integration mm -hmm. partnership, while we want to move quick and fast, it's, you know, it's important to have like that thorough process to figure out when is the right time to engage with the partner. And so I'm curious about what your overall like overarching or um, high level vetting process is to determine when it, when a partner is a good fit from both maybe a business and a technical perspective yeah um good question if we sort of peel the onion layers there it comes down to um a business looking to improve customer experience or they're trying to scale their uh, product capabilities, right? Mm -hmm. um, with that overarching goal in mind, um, generally three options are being looked at, which is, um, should we build it from scratch in-house? Is there a potential for us to outsource these features to an external agency? Or um, is there a partner in the market that we can potentially uh, integrate with, right? Those three are the most usual alternatives on the table. Um, the way we have done it, um, at Bold and in my previous life as well is basing, is usually basing this on two factors, which is need for speed. Um, and if that functionality is core to business, a combination of, uh, those two factors is what results in, uh, somewhat closer to decision-making, for example, if um, if it's uh, if there's urgency around it, if we need to go to time to time, um, if we need to go to market quickly, um, yet the functionality itself is not core to the business. Instead, it's an adjacency adjacency to the business. Mm -hmm. um, partnership is a far better option 
um, to progress on that quickly. Contrarily, um, if it's not time sensitive, yet the functionality itself is very much core to the business, then uh, we'd rather do it in-house. So um, that's sort of the vetting process that we do here as well as in my previous life. Are there any like red flags that make like technical red flags when it comes to like deciding that we're going to build an integration with this partner? Are there any technical red flags where it's like they're not they're not ready? We need to we need to wait. Yeah, good question. Um, there has we the assessment needs to be done, right? As much as um, business fit is an assessment, technical fit has to be um, the um, other side of the equation as well. Right. Um, red flags would be if there are legacy system and if the business itself is, um, let's say an API first business, but the other side is a legacy system, the integration itself becomes really hard, not just to integrate, but to maintain in a, in a long term. I, uh, I also tend to typically look at how um, flexible their, um, their integration architecture is. In other words, um, if it constantly changes, mm. if there's multiple deployment, deployments needed, multiple resources involved in maintaining the partnership or uh, partner integration, then maybe the cost is too high. And then thirdly, I'd also look at uh, data mapping between the two systems, how easy or difficult it is to map the data between the business and the partner. Um, that also, to some extent, determines the ease of integration. So a common narrative that I'm, I'm seeing when I'm speaking to people and just um, following thought leaders around in the space is when mm -hmm. a technology partnerships person may not have like that technical li liaison um, to help them communicate with the product or the technical teams in order to yeah. make that case for an integration to get those resources. They don't have a dedicated team to build those integrations out for them. So they have to really build that case um, for, you know, these, te these technology partnerships, people who are building that case. What's your advice for what they should really focus on in order to, to communicate and build a compelling case to the product and technical teams so that they can move forward? Yeah, um, definitely a good question. Um, and I've been in these situations before, <laughs> um, both on uh, on both sides, actually, being the technical liaison as well as um, um, uh, being on the engineering side who's coming in with a question. My advice sort of goes back to one of our earlier conversations uh, when we started uh, the podcast, which is um, the challenges we see, um, challenges and the best practices where um, I've mentioned it's um, very insightful to leverage cross-functional partners or um, in-house. This sort of comes back to that where um, if a partnerships manager does not have a technical liaison, I would advise to lean on some of the cross-functional tech partners. Could be uh, sales or solution engineering, could be services engineering, could be customer support folks who may be able to give data points on um, ease of integration. How, uh, what have they seen um, so far with the customers they're working on? 
if they've brought up um, any pain points regarding the current vendors our customers are working with, it sort of gives some metrics around um, ballparking, at least, on how easy or difficult integration with a new partnership could be. Um, And then, of course, um, bringing that list of use case for that partnership, yet sort of also illustrating the to the fact that potentially the use case could scale with other partners and here's the overlap with these other partners or when the same use case is built x number of other partners could use the same piece of code um those two factors would really move the needle when it comes to uh, making a case for product or tech teams to build a piece of functionality that would be helpful for the partnership. On the business front, definitely getting the list of uh, mutual customers, doing cost benefit analysis, um, and bringing revenue, at least forecasting some kind of a revenue metrics would be beneficial in building a good business case. Yeah, that's some really good advice. I actually never heard, I haven't heard anyone that I've asked this question mention the point of bringing up how the work that they will be doing on the integration is like scalable or repeatable to other to other uses i think that's such a huge point that i haven't really heard um brought up enough let's say we're i'll talk about bold because that's fresh off my mind um for bold as an e-commerce platform if we are to build partnerships with order management systems Building an integration with one order system, it's custom. There's some work we have to do. There's some work the partner will have to do, but the integration is successful. But the model for the data exchange between uh, Bold, possibly the commerce platform, and any OMS provider would um, almost be a full set of data parameters. And each OMS can have their own uh, subset of data that can be consumed. So all the work we're doing in um, onboarding and activating these OMS providers, um, providing a solution, building a solution design doc, all of those pieces are almost repeatable and they're almost plug and play. Um, What that happens is we're basically creating artifacts and working on a process that's repeatable. So the next OMS vendor that comes through the door, the integration is way faster than the one before. Swetha, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your expertise. Is there anyone anywhere where our audience can um, connect with you? We can definitely get connected on LinkedIn and uh, Liz can uh, share the LinkedIn profile on the podcast. Yeah, um, I'll share it um, in the description. And yeah, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Liz. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our content, subscribe to our channel and give us a thumbs up. For more content on tech partnerships, integrations, and APIs, check out our articles, ebooks, and other resources in the description.